Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the BC Business Podcast. I'm Nick Rockle, Editor-in-Chief of BC Business Magazine. As promotions go, it doesn't get much bigger. Christine Bergeron was named Interim President and CEO of Van City last summer in the midst of the pandemic. Bergeron, who's been with Canada's largest community credit union for a decade, officially got the job in January. I talked to Bergeron about how Van City is coping with COVID, what it's doing to help BC businesses and families, and why the credit union is taking bold action against climate change. Thanks for joining us, Christine. My pleasure. So my, my first question is, what was it like to become the leader of Canada's largest community credit union during a pandemic? <laughs> Well, certainly, I expect it probably would have been different uh, if it had been another time, but I actually don't have a comparison. Um, So, you know, certainly there was a business side and and having led our lines of business um, previously, as long as, as, as well as our impact work, I did have quite a good sense of, you know, our business and especially the work during the pandemic, you know, for a few months. And so shifting into the interim CRO last July, you know, on the one hand was, of course, very challenging. And on the other hand, it seemed like a true continuation of my path and my work to some extent. And I think I think an interim role can bring challenges, period, right? And so to step in on an interim basis during the pandemic was a lot. Um, and I think, you know, as you would know, Nick, the financial services, we were deemed essential services. So we also had staff serving members throughout uh, the pandemic, and they continue to do so today, of course. And so the, for the first few months as interim CEO, and, and now it's it's permanent, but it started off on in an interim basis. It was really focused on ensuring stability, right? Being clear about our current work and starting to shift our gaze to what a responsible recovery uh, should look like. And I'd say the executive team and the Van City team broadly, they were all really supportive, which helped us all, I think, work through the unknowns and stay focused on what mattered, which for us is people. That was at the center of all of our work. Um, And, you know, of course, by July, we were all virtual. We're getting used to that. But still, there were times early on when I uh, probably, like very many people, found it quite difficult to connect with team members. Um, And then, of course, the value of the remote work was that it was also a bit easier to do things like hosting town halls and connecting in different ways. So, yeah, overall, I'd say there were many different emotions stepping in and leaving. And for sure, it's been a year when everyone's been managing their own emotions and their own situations, right? So we aren't all okay every day. I think acknowledging that and then doing your best to really understand how the teams have been doing was really uh, important. So I think overall, you know, our support um, for the team members who, who needed more of that this year was certainly something that I think was different, you know, stepping in the pandemic. Um, it's certainly been a unique uh, time to do so, uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. Did, did many team members have to make the switch to, to working remotely? Yes. So we had uh, basically all of our uh, team members who worked in our head offices, our call center, um, They everyone moved to remote. So everyone is at home. Um, and then those who work in our branch network, who serve members every day, uh, they have been in our branches. They adjusted several times um, in how we were serving members. So some have been taking calls. We saw quite a large increase in phone calls Um that continue actually today. So we had to shift our work, but the the majority of our teams, certainly all of our teams who work typically in the office are uh, working from home at the moment. And then not to put you on the spot, but 
What's your vision for Van City and its role in society? Yeah, the, the vision overall for Van City has been and continues to be that people, planet, and prosperity really be treated with equal value. That's That's been our vision for a very, very long time. And, and I think that will continue to be to some extent, extent, excuse me. As a financial institution, we do have a really important role to play in how society is going to be shaped in the future and who we lend to or not, what we finance, how we invest. And the same way that what you do individually um, with your money matters a lot. So my, my specific vision is really to build on this um, as a credit union and a co-op um, that's owned by its members you know, it needs to be somewhat this collective vision, right? So it is to keep us thinking out towards future generations and to build a world that, you know, is clean and, and ideally it's fair. Um, and I really believe that you can't call a business successful if the community and the environment around it are not also thriving. And so we play a role as a business, um, as a cooperative ourselves with our own business practices we play a role as a financial institution, you know, what we finance and who we finance. And then we also play a role lending our voice to those who are underrepresented, you know, as, as some examples. And I think we can do even more through partnership, through innovation, you know, not just innovation in terms of a new app, but innovation of thinking and of systems and of really le leaning into all that we can offer. So I think our vision largely remains steady, but it's really to build on that as we think forward. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. And how has COVID impacted the credit union? So, it, well, there's a few there's a few ways it's impacted us, of course. So it was certainly a challenging year. And we did enter the, the pandemic in a position of strength. So that was helpful to us to be able to put in a wide range of supports for our members and our communities as well. And we certainly had to transform how we operated, as I mentioned, you know, moving everyone remote. And um, so that was definitely in the first few months, um, a big impact on, on changing up how we worked. Because even for our member facing colleagues in our branch network, they did also have to change how they were working, right? And certainly COVID protocols and the shifts that we al almost forget about today, but things were changing dramatically. And the information we had was changing very quickly um, all the time. So specifically when the pandemic hit, we also knew that we had to take a lot of our capital reserves and put them to where we thought they would do the most good. And that was in the hands of our members, everyday people, small and medium-sized businesses, not-for-profits, um, social enterprises, et cetera, that, that operate in our community. Um, and so, you know, I would say the credit union itself, we certainly um, are doing well. Uh, we would, we probably, we definitely, as I'm thinking this through, made less money in 2020 than we would have without COVID, but we deliberately put money into a variety of programs. And that was at the center of our response. And so loan deferrals, you know, for up to six months, we cut credit card interest rates to zero. We waived fees. We created, you know, new loan programs. We created a deposit program. Uh, you know, we, we put money into the community response fund for the Vancouver and Victoria foundations, you know, and more. And so, again, if you kind of go back to the people, planet, prosperity, we did it on purpose and deliberately because we believe that was the response that was required to support our membership. Thank you. And then 
Previously, you were chief member services officer. I'm, I'm wondering how uh, you've seen Van City members coping with the pandemic. Any, are there any trends you've noticed? And what kind of year do you think we're looking at for, for BC families and businesses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have over half a million members and they're all quite unique um, and certainly coping in their own way. But it has been, um, it's been varied. And we have been listening to our members, um, both individual and business members, you know, right from the beginning, getting, you know, on the ground feedback. Um, and so we have responded and adapted. I think some members are faring better than others, of course. You know, we did a couple of studies uh, in the fall, really looking at small business. And so what we did find there, which is an interesting point in terms of how it's affecting different members, was that the small businesses that were doing better in the first part of our research were those that were really connected to their community. It wasn't necessarily those that were in, you know, more affluent neighborhoods or things like that. And so again, you know, it shows you that the, the, the response and how uh, businesses have been affected is not, you know, it used to be very much, you could tell that it was one sector or one geography, but um, what I've been seeing and what we've heard is that it's a bit more complex than that right now. So those who've been connected uh, were faring better. We also heard that they really wanted more incentives for people to shop local, which of course, um, you know, that's, there's been a, a, a long, uh, a lot of, of vocal individuals about, you know, speaking about that. Yeah. We also have seen that um, quite a few have built up, you know, savings, right? And and I think this is where it's interesting often because you hear about the accumulated uh, perspective on, on deposits and how much people are saving. But of course, they're not averages, right? Some people have been saving a lot and some people don't have their jobs. And so it's quite mixed um, in that sense. So I'd say we've seen businesses be quite resilient as well, um, really pivoting their models, collaborating with their peers and and trying to think uh, differently. I would say when you think about, you know, 2021, we're certainly paying attention to real estate, of course, um, surging prices and, you know, the effects on affordability. Um, Capital markets, of course, we've seen huge flow of funds go into socially responsible investments but also just capital markets have been fairly buoyant um, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of noise there. So we're, we're paying attention to that to see how that will start affecting our members in a different way as well. Yeah. And then Van City recently became the first Canadian bank or credit union to commit to net zero carbon emissions across its entire lending portfolio. And you aim to, to reach that goal by 2040. Why did you make that move and, and what message do you have for other credit unions and banks when it comes to taking uh, this sort of action against climate change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spent a lot of time, of course, um, putting our, our commitments together, including at zero. And really for us, it was stepping back and thinking, okay, we're a financial institution, so we have certain levers that we can pull. They're, they're quite different level, levers than other businesses, right? So for us, our operations matter, but they aren't the, um, the biggest issue. Um, the, the biggest one is what do we finance? And so that's called financed emissions effectively, right? And, and so when we look at our portfolio and we were trying to think about how do we make the biggest difference? How do we actually think about this? Um, that's where our net zero commitment came in. And certainly our perspective has been that the climate emergency is, you know, at the doorstep and it does require immediate action to transition to a clean economy. 
um, and certainly recovering um, an economy post-COVID, you know, needs to be one that's also reducing emissions. Um, and so, you know, financial institutions overall, as you know, control billions of dollars and make important decisions about where money goes and, and what gets funded. So we built this, this net zero one, especially, but all of our commitments um, on decades of work, you know, that we've done. And just as an example, you know, we had been carbon neutral back in 2008 uh, and that was with our operations. So not our portfolio, but, but our actual footprint, you know, as a, the buildings that we have. Um, we were also the first to offer socially responsible mutual funds, again, uh, many decades ago. Um, and so it's not so much about trying to be first, like that's really not the goal. It's just us trying to challenge everyone, government, business, community, to rethink some of the assumptions that motivate our economy. Um, and so, you know, for us, again, what we finance is the biggest piece that we can, we can influence. And so when we get to net zero matters a lot, um, obviously, but it's even more important for us is how we get there and whether or not, <clears throat> excuse me, we leave people behind. You know, our commitments have been really about having a people-centered approach. So basically to say, you know, it's the effects of climate change on people. And that's what we're trying to focus in on uh, the most. And so for us, we really want to focus on financial and social inclusion to provide banking and other solutions that are going to help people that are affected by the climate emergency and changing climate patterns uh, to, to really transition. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you talk about the, the four other climate commitments that Van City has made? Sure. So again, if you think of the levers, you know, it's what we finance. Um, the second big lever that we have is our products and services and the advice. So financing an equitable transition is our second one. Um, and again, that's really about how do we think differently? What can we offer? How do we bring people along? Whether it's small businesses, as an example, who are really going to have to change what they do and how they do that. Um, how do we provide uh, loan products that help you climate proof or green your home? Um, how do we give the advice um, that are going to support those elements? And a lot of this one will certainly need to um, be work that we do with government that needs to take the lead on some of the systemic changes that we'll need. So that'd be, uh, that's number two. Our third one is about investing in a better future. So again, this is the lever around uh, we um, invest money on behalf of others, right? So when people bring their savings here and they put them in the stock market or into mutual funds, you know, how do we ensure that they're going into socially responsible investments that really have um, integrity in terms of the environmental, social, and corporate governance aspects of the ESG? So we've offered these for many years. And actually, a lot of the money that currently flows in uh, to these investments, uh, the vast majority already goes to socially responsible investments. But we think we need to move to 100%. And so that's um, the next commitment. Um, and then we also want to be transparent and accountable. We always have been, and in the months ahead, you know, we will be measuring and publicly disclosing the current emissions across our loans and mortgages, and then also to set a roadmap to get our portfolio to net zero. Um, we think that's important to be able to show what's working and what's not. Yeah. Because again, we want others to to also learn from that. And then the last one is really just walking the talk in all that we do. So again, we've been trying to do that for many years. Um, but to continue to be a bit of a living lab for new ideas for reducing emissions and, and, other, and ways to find our employees to help them also moderate, cleaner and, and more sustainable living. 
And along the same lines, you're a banking board member of the Principles for Responsible Banking, part of the UN Environment Program Finance Initiative. And in, in your opinion, what are the essential attributes of a responsible financial institution? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I am a member of that board. Um, well, for me, a responsible institution is one that doesn't see any conflict between a focus on people, the planet, and financial returns. So, instead, it actually believes that they reinforce each other. And um, that's been, of course, our model, and it's it's been a lot of my career. The UN would also say that it's about embedding sustainability at the strategic level, but also the transactional levels, like across all the business areas. So again, it sort of gets into how you do your work and how that flows all the way through. Um, mm -hmm. And then I see that you used to work in uh, early stage venture capital, you were in public markets, and a lot of that work was helping entrepreneurs build, uh, for example, clean tech, impact investing firms. How has that experience uh, informed or helped shape your, your current role? Yeah, I feel quite fortunate actually to have done um, the work that I've done. Um, so yes, early stage venture as well as a hedge fund. And I think the piece with that that um, to add in is that I was also involved in building both of those firms, um, one as a, a co-founder and one, you know, sort of the first team member hired. And I think that when you when you are involved at that stage, it, it gives you breadth of roles, right? So you tend to not be hired uh, into, for example, a very specific analyst role in a very large company. You actually have to wear multiple hats and you need to be able to start from nothing and take a blank piece of paper and, and build, right? So I'm quite entrepreneurial, I'm probably an entrepreneur at heart, really. And I think I bring that to how I lead um, and how I think it's in, in my DNA. So there is an element of like rolling up the sleeves and do what's needed to get the, the outcomes and, and always valuing um, the team in that. I also taught venture capital and did microfinance work. And I worked with a lot of startups and tech incubators, you know, prior to the 2000 crash. Um, and so I think altogether, it means I also have a pretty deep understanding of finance. So from private equity to growth capital and lending, public markets, wealth management, typically people don't have the opportunity or it's difficult to go from, you know, being really deep into one aspect of finance and then switching to another. And so I think I bring a very deep breadth of understanding to risk and return. And I think that when you understand traditional constructs, you can also then think about how to change them. Like I do think that the way we currently define success around risk and return is limiting. It, it, it doesn't have a value lens. It doesn't have an impact lens, um, et cetera. So, you know, I also, I think I learned from that early on too, that a title might get you, you know, an initial introduction, but the title doesn't earn you the respect, right? In the venture world, you know, I certainly met hundreds of quote unquote CEOs, right? Um, right. And it sort of made me realize that title's not the thing and and that you really have to, you know, not make assumptions um, about people. And then I think the second piece, um, on so there's finance. And then, of course, for many years, my work has been sustainability focused. So it was clean tech, you know, when clean tech wasn't really a word yet, or impact investing before people, and, and certainly before anyone famous ever talked about it. So there is an element of, you know, trying to be thinking ahead, even when it isn't the popular 
um, you know, phrasing or understanding. And so I think, you know, all of that combined um, has really helped me understand things like pattern recognition and being creative while in a box, right? Like we're in a regulated environment. So you've got to think about how to be creative within that. And I think um, this, the mix has been, um, it wasn't all planned, um, but it's certainly all been super valuable. And on a similar note, what, uh, if you look at financial markets, what changes or innovations are you keeping an eye on there? Oh yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's, you know, I think especially over this past year with the speed of change that's been occurring, there's a lot of innovation happening. So I think, you know, broadly across fintechs, of course, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time uh, reviewing that and understanding what's happening. And then I think what will be interesting is also how regulators uh, respond to, to some of that um, or not. Certainly a mass shift towards uh, the ESG investing and, and watching how that uh, plays out. There's um, other pieces, of course, like open banking, um, certainly the innovation of technology companies as they think about member experience, right? Because we are held up to the experience that people have um, with other companies and technology companies, even if they're not financial institutions. Um, and then I'm also really looking out to see whether and how um, others start to think about innovation for financial products and profiles. So again, not, you know, just innovating on how the app looks, but truly thinking differently. You know, we've seen so much, right, um, in the last year, whether it's, you know, a new focus on how do you think differently about women? You know, we, we launched a new fund, a new program, I should say, because we were realizing that, you know, we had, we had started one because less women were applying for the uh, government programs. And even when we built ours, we realized we didn't change enough of the parameters to actually make the difference. So you really have to kind of step back and change and rethink how you're approaching it. So I'm looking forward actually to seeing what others uh, can do with that too. And then what, uh, if you scan the horizon, what challenges do you see for Van City up ahead? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I think everything that we're, you know, watching out for in terms of innovations can, can potentially be challenges too. So we, we will need to respond um, in some form or another. So we're working on those, of course, but regardless, um, they will pose some form of challenge. Um, and then certainly, you know, when we think of our uh, climate commitments, decarbonizing our loans and mortgages, you know, there's a huge opportunity there to support innovation, but it certainly won't be easy work. Um, and I would not want anyone to think that we think that it is. Um, and then, yeah, like, like many businesses, you know, <clears throat> resource allocation and prioritization, I think as much as those don't always sound uh, interesting, they are, you know, continuing challenges for, for organizations. And then how are you managing uh, the thing everyone's worried about today? It's uh, the cyber threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spend a lot of time on that. We're very aware, um, of course, that cyber attacks are persistent and increasing threat to all businesses and certainly to us and um, as a financial institution and to our members. And um, we do hold ourselves and our technology partners to all industry security standards and we're constantly monitoring our digital resiliency. The team works, um, of course, with continuous improvement models to mature our technology and processes to adapt 
um, to really what is constantly evolving threat landscape that we operate in um, and within. So, you know, we're doing all of that and, uh, and certainly trying as much as we can to also educate our members um, on, you know, what's out there, right, and the scams and uh, phishing. And uh, so it's a constant uh, cycle of education as well because uh, it's, it's just constantly evolving. And then how about opportunities? When, when you look ahead, what are you most excited about? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I always think we have so much more that we can do. So I'm actually always quite excited about that uh, for Van City. I think the same challenges that I outlined, you know, in the end are always an opportunity, right? They're always sort of the other side of that, of that coin. Um, our climate work and the innovation will bring about, um, I'm quite excited about that. I think the... Um, the other one would be really our priority around supporting a fair recovery from COVID. The you know local businesses, as we all know, they're just such a backbone of our community, and so and many of them have been hit hard, of course. And and we really want to continue to drive local recovery. And we've been thinking about uh, new programs and how else we can be doing that. So I'm quite excited about that work as well. And then really for me, it's you know how do we partner. How do we innovate and then how do we leverage the full Van City group to, to do more, you know, in our community and to really help, um, you know, where we operate thrive. That's, that's really what gets me up in the morning. 